welcome to Money Tips by Charles Kelly, author of Yes, Money Can Buy You Happiness. Charles spent over 25 years in financial services, working for banks, insurance companies, and as a qualified independent financial advisor running his practice before setting up his speaking, consultancy, and property business. Money Tips will help you save, make, and accumulate more money, whether you are a business owner, entrepreneur, employee, or still searching for your vocation. Good afternoon and welcome to Money Tips. This is Charles Kelly bringing you Money Tips to help you save, earn, invest, accumulate, and enjoy more money. And I'm also the author of the book, Yes, Money Can Buy You Happiness. Now, today I have a very special guest all the way from America, Austin McCullough of Austin McCullough Advising. I won't go into a long introduction about him, but basically he helps entrepreneurs get better sales results. So that should be of interest to anybody. So welcome to Austin. Thank you for that introduction, Charles. I'm excited for our talk today. Great, great. That, that's fantastic. So how did you get into this? I mean, I, I know you were a financial advisor at one time and, and you run an agency hiring people to teach English to Chinese students, but so you've had an interesting career. T- t- tell me more about yourself. I could give a long-winded answer, but <clears throat> to give it to, at the start of this business, which I've been running for two years now, I got into it because a lot of people, in particular, a lot of entrepreneurs, whether it's financial advisors or anything else, they often get into a rut of work, meaning they get into the nine to five um, because they're not entrepreneurs yet. A lot of people don't take that risk yet. Yeah. And so they end up working jobs that they hate, yeah. work that they hate. Yeah living lives that they hate. You know, you know what I mean? Right? Yeah, yeah, I know. Exactly. And so I wanted to work with people on a coaching basis to kind of help get them out of that. Right now, I'm not going to lie. It was kind of egotistical when I started the business because I mean, I was a 23 year old at the time, 24 years old now. I mean, yeah, I had some life experience, but it's not like I had decades on decades of life experience. So it might have been um, a little ridiculous to have started the business at first, but obviously that's what got me here. <clears throat> but I started out working with people, whether it was Um, for goal setting or a lot of the entrepreneurs trying to give them any sales tips because I had been in financial services. I was just trying to help them get out of their own way. Now, how that transition of what I'm doing now is I realized that a lot of people, to be completely blunt, they didn't want the coaching. So I'm not sure, um, Charles, how familiar you are with the financial services firms here in America, but a lot of them, they already have a lot of coaching, a lot of mentorship, a lot of support. And so whether it was their upline or their manager or managing director, that was enough for them or so they thought. So I was getting clients here and there, but I wasn't getting them on a consistent basis. So even my sales process wasn't repeatable because I didn't have a clear deliverable to give. Right. Um, So as part of finding my own client base, I ended up using a lead generation software on LinkedIn. What I did was I automated my outreach, which I'm sure you're familiar with. And this was a way that I was constantly getting new conversations started with my target market. I found my target market of financial reps because I had been one previously. And so I figured that was an audience that I resonated with, that I could connect with. And then I got to thinking, I was like, you know, a big reason why I never stayed in the financial services market was because I got in when I was 19. And what 19 year old has a super large, established, warm market? Not many. Right. A lot of them, they have their family, they have their friends. And to be completely honest with you, I didn't like that style of prospecting. I didn't like reaching out to family and friends. And quite honestly, at that age, I kind of pushed some friends away because I was too pushy. I had the commission. Yeah. You see where I'm coming from? I was in the, uh, similar to you. I joined the industry very young and mm-hmm. I found that my circle of friends were not. I mean, if, if I went back into the industry now and I'm much older, I'd be talking to a completely different market. You know, uh, so, so I, I get where you're coming from there. It must have been difficult. 100%. 
And it's nice that you understand that. And I, I know that we're not the only two yeah. people who that resonates with. Yeah. So what I realized over time though, is cold market prospecting have this negative stigma. But I, what I recognize is it's not tough to tap into a warm or a cold market. Sorry. It's not tough to tap into a cold market if you have the right approach. And so that's what I do now. I help my clients automate their outreach on LinkedIn, as well as actually build rapport and build trust with a cold market to build a strong pipeline of leads, which is what every single financial advisor, every single financial representative needs. I always show a graphic and I'll end on this note. Um, I always show a graphic during my sales process and it's, do you want the warm market, which starts off quicker and then flattens out? Or do you want the cold market, which starts slower, but then gets exponential over time? And I don't give it away. I don't say which one's warm. I don't say which one's cold, but a lot of people want the exponential graph because obviously it goes higher, but a lot of people just don't know how to get to that point. So that's what I show. <clears throat> Great. So then, then you, it's a done for you service. Do you take them through uh, and help them just generate leads or do you, do you show them how to, to do it themselves? Or? That's a good question. We actually have both. Um, part of the reason is because of compliance, right? So if I were to hire a virtual assistant from the Philippines for all of our clients, that's not necessarily allowed at their firm. So for some of the clients we have a done with you service or some clients we have a done for you service, the done for you service, we get their account started for them. We train a virtual assistant for them. The virtual assistant is responding to their LinkedIn DMS. And then from there, they're getting meetings booked on their calendar. The done with you right. service is where we get the lead generation account set up for them. But then those financial reps are responsible for responding to their LinkedIn DMS so that they can get the right. meetings. So there's more coaching and support with the done with you service as opposed to the done for you service. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, I, I, I get where you're coming from. And uh, has, it, has it been successful? How has it been working it out? It has, you know, it's funny because I launched the, well, both services, but we weren't really focused on the done for you service at the beginning. I launched the done with you service in May and obviously we're in November right now. So it's been about what, six months. Yep. If, if my math is right. I'm no math expert, but I gave the financial reps more benefit of the doubt than I should have. What I mean by that is, is I thought if I gave them the lead generation software, they would know how to respond to LinkedIn DMs, but that's not the case. So one thing that I like explaining to a lot of prospects is at least when it comes to online sales, there are about four steps or stages. Let's start at the top of the funnel. You have to make the contact. That's one. Right. You have to be able to engage in conversation. That's two. You have to be able to get meetings set and engage in the meetings. That's three. And then yeah. four is closing the actual business. Right. A lot of people want to obsess over closing the business, but you're not going to close the business if you don't get meetings set. You're not going to get yep. meetings set if you don't know how to conversate. You're not going to conversate if you're not making the contacts. The cool part is for all my clients, we're autom automating the contacts, but then a lot of them don't know how to conversate. And really what it comes down to is being able to sell. Now, I'm not saying hard closer like ABC, always be closing. I'm not one of those people. I'm one of those people who is a big fan of asking open to questions, open ended questions to be able to get your yeah. prospects to open up and talk. Because when you get them to talk, you figure out how you can solve their problems. Right. 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 And of course, Charles, you have, you have years on years of experience. So I'm not teaching you anything new right now, but the point is a lot of people don't have a systematic approach of how to do that. So to come back to the original point, I had made a lot of prospecting contacts. By now I made about 16,000 on my own, just on LinkedIn. And so I've made a lot of errors. I've been blocked. I've been unadded. I've gotten clients. I've had the full gamut of things when it comes to just um, everything on LinkedIn. And <clears throat> a lot of clients would get conversations started 
but they had no idea what to even talk to the prospects about. So they weren't getting meetings set. And if they're not getting meetings set, they're not closing new business. Right. So over the past couple of months, we revamped the service to give more support, to give more sales coaching right. so that they're actually engaging on the conversations. They know how to push the business forward instead of just leaving all that opportunity on the table. You know what I mean? Yeah. So basically cool. you, at, at any of those steps, the conversation or setting up meetings, if it, if it falls down at any of those steps, that, that's, that lead is wasted. Mm -hmm. uh, so so you, you, it's, you've got to get through every hurdle to, to get to the final. Uh, and are these leads local to the people? Are you, are you setting up leads in their own towns or could they be from anywhere? That's a great question. It all depends on where they're licensed. So okay. with a lot of the reps that we work with, um, let's take one firm, Primerica in particular. Okay. So they don't just build a client base. They can also build a team as well. So there's Primerica, there's Northwestern Mutual, there's Edward Jones. I just isolated Primerica for this example, because a right. lot of our clients are there. Um, but as long as they are licensed in all 50 states, which most are not, but if they are, then they can go work with anybody in all 50 states. I have had some clients where they only want to work in Iowa, Wisconsin, Illinois, because they might be here in the Midwest, or if they're right. in California, isolating it to California. But that's a cool part about LinkedIn is you can be very targeted based on that. Now that kind of depends. I mean, let me pause, Charles, have you done much prospecting on LinkedIn? No, um, I was going to, I was going to mention this because I have never had much luck on LinkedIn myself. And mm -hmm. that was my next question. How do you, get things generated on LinkedIn. I found it not to be that successful for me. Hmm. Good question. And I, I want to give you props for that. Cause a lot of people aren't willing to admit when they're not doing as well as something. Yeah, so yeah. that's cool. So first off, you got to know what you're looking for, right? So if I'm looking for financial advisors, first off, I know that I could search financial advisor. I could do quotes, which is a Boolean search. So if I go into the search bar, search for financial advisor, I can go based off location. I can go based off second or third degree connection for you. If you're doing that, I would go off a of second degree because you have a mutual connection, right? right? I always do within the United States. Like I'm located in Iowa right now. So if I just wanted to do Iowa, I could, but that's just one type of search. You could also target people based off what they like or comment on a post. Okay. So through my own research, I've realized most of the people who like Primerica's company post are other Primericans, are their reps. Right. So what I've been doing lately with the software is I've been targeting those who liked the posts. And because I know those, again, through my research, that's who's liking them. And there are other ways, for example, you could get into a group where other people are members of a group and okay. you can target that way. Yeah. But there yeah. are a lot of different ways. Anyways, that's all the ways to get conversations started. But the problem right there is to go on to the next point, too many people try to close right away. Charles, have you ever gotten a long, long message where it's like three or four paragraphs on LinkedIn? Yeah, I get loads of them. As soon as you someone befriends you and then you answer them, you get an automatic message, bang, it's in your face. And, and I don't really respond to many of those. Exactly, because they're not focused on you. They're focused on themselves and that doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you want to have success on LinkedIn, you got to focus on the other person. So what I always say is it's important to know who your target market is because the more specific you get, the more you can use the jargon of that industry. So right. let's even take like to be super, super tactical. Let's take the most recent, recent sequence that I started. I'm targeting regional vice presidents at Primerica. So I use the terminology, regional vice presidents, RVPs. I say Primerica. I talk about the company. I might reference 
Glenn Williams, the CEO. So it's super targeted. So it doesn't look like a spam message. Plus yeah. I'm not saying, Hey, I have this offering. I want to sell it to you. Instead, yeah. I'm asking them what they struggle with so they can admit it to me or they can admit that they don't struggle with it. So I know which way to take the conversation. Do you see where I'm coming from? Yes. Yeah. So you can work with the managers as well as the, the sales people themselves. You, you, you're, you're looking at above them to the managers to get, get in that way as well. Yes. Yes. And actually that's something that I, I'm glad I finally pivoted to this approach because for the first part of the business, I would say for the first year and a half, I was doing bottom up where I right. targeted a lot of the reps and that's fine. But a lot of the time it just, it's more work that way. It's harder work that way. Instead, now I'm going top down. So I'm going to more of the decision makers, some people who are a little bit more established in the business because then they can yeah. push it through yeah. their team. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But it's certainly different from, you know, looking in the yellow pages and knocking on doors. And when, when I started, it was literally, you know, that, that kind of way. And, and I used to listen to audios by American speakers. You know, I go in and I, I, I introduce myself, I walk straight in and, and he's knocking on doors and combined insurance of America. And, you know, the, these guys uh, that were really roughy, toughy salesmen, you know, they, they just go in, into a town and you know, go into a building and knock on every door in the building. So it is, it is very different now. And I think, uh, you know, you, you've tapped in on a really good way of generating leads. I'm impressed by that. So I, I think from, for everyone watching this, they, they can certainly find out a new way of generating leads through, I mean, it's new to them, maybe. maybe it's not new to you, but uh, I, I mean, you mentioned a software that you use. Is that a different software from LinkedIn? It's, it's, it's a plugin or some, some kind of software that you use within LinkedIn? It is. So it is a software called Connected. Okay. Um, it's the lead generation software. And what it does is it automates the outreach and the follow-up on LinkedIn. So okay. cool is, let's say we're sending <clears throat> a connection request message. It'll send out the connection request message. Well, it's a connection request plus the message. Cause you know, when you connect with somebody, you can send them connection request message. And then it has, has the option to add a note. That's what right. you're also doing with it. And then if they don't respond to that note, when they accept your connection request, it'll send up to like, I usually set up three follow-up messages over the uh, subsequent days. So for example, I'm, okay. I have a follow-up message 92 minutes later then I have one two days later then I have one about four days later. So just so that they're spaced out. Okay. So that's called connected. Connected. Yes. Sorry, long winded answer, but yeah, yes. No, great. And I, I'm interested how it works. So that, and that works within LinkedIn or, or just LinkedIn or just LinkedIn. Yeah. So Facebook owns Instagram. So Facebook and Instagram, their platforms uh, aren't typically quite as stable. We actually saw that a few weeks ago when Facebook and Instagram were down for the majority of, I want to say some Monday, I think it was about four weeks ago. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So the nice part about LinkedIn is I saw a stat the other day, I believe the average user has, I can, don't quote me on this, but the average user has about five to six, uh, their income is five to six times higher than on other platforms. And business, of course, is a much higher priority on LinkedIn as compared to Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Snapchat, Definitely. right? Definitely. So it's, yeah. it's just a good platform to be reaching out on. Yeah. Okay. So Connect is a software that anybody can get, but not everyone knows how to use it. And this is where you come in and to help them use it properly, take advantage of it and, and get the results they need. Correct. It's actually funny because I know Devin Johnson, who's one of the co-founders, he's a CEO at Connected. And we'll joke about that sometimes because Connected is an amazing software, but a lot of the time people are not tech advanced. 
especially if you find a financial representative in the industry who's 50 years old and didn't grow up with a smartphone like I did, right? It's not yeah, their sure. fault, yeah, but they're not yeah. used to using this technology. And sometimes yeah. it's over their head because even a cool part about this technology, which is a feature a lot of them don't know about, <clears throat> when somebody accepts a connection request message, if you have it integrated with a CRM, it'll grab all of their contact information and automatically plug it into your CRM. So for oh. example, although I don't like making calls, I have their email, I have their phone number. So if I ever needed yeah. to get in contact with them that way, I could do that besides just contacting them on LinkedIn. Um, but anyways, yes, a lot of them nice. don't know how to effectively use the software. And so that's what a lot of our clients get the benefit of is actually having the training and the support to do so. That's amazing. And can you give me some examples of people that you've worked with and, and changed their lives? Have you literally gone from, you know, struggling to, to, man of the month or salesman of the month or salesman of the year. Or, can you yeah. give me some stories of that? hundred percent. So, uh, one of our clients, Cam, you could actually go to our uh, website and look at this. <clears throat> one of our clients, Cam, we have a audio only testimonial. We have another video one, but I loved what he said in this one. So I had one of my assistants clip it. And he's talking about how he goes, this is something along the lines of this is the best online prospecting software prospecting tool that I've ever used. And the reason why he likes it so much is because it's systematic. So a lot of people, and Charles, you're going to know this 100%. A lot of people who struggle in a sales role, they're just not doing enough activity up front. They're not putting enough action. They're not getting their activity up. So one of the problems with that is, one of the many problems, yeah. is they take rejection way too seriously. It's because they're way too focused on it. And the cool yeah. part is, yeah. when you have software that's automating the outreach, when you have constant new conversations coming in, when somebody tells you to buzz off or I don't want to talk to you, that's okay yeah. because you have the next person to respond to, right? Yeah. And so yeah. for him, he loves it because he constantly has new people coming in. And so with building his team, for example, he's in Primerica, he's been able to find some recruits, he's been able to find some clients that otherwise he would have never found, especially if like, let's look at COVID. This would have been the best software to pe for people to use because some firms were still yeah. knocking on doors. COVID, you couldn't knock on doors. You had to stay yeah, inside. Yeah, yeah. And so that's an, a big reason why this software blew up in a good way is because a lot of people realize, you know, the world's changing. We can go work with people in California, even if you're in Texas or if you're in New York, as long as you're licensed there. And so a software like this paired with LinkedIn, you can go talk with people halfway across the country, completely across the country, when you're laying in bed responding to LinkedIn DMs. You know, that's fantastic. That's, that's that's really good. So 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 this guy was not only able to build up his sales, but he was also to build a team around it as well and recruit new people, which is is the key to building the team. Mm -hmm. And you also mentioned uh, assistants, virtual assistants. I take it you you're you're a fan of using virtual assistants to take away some of the detailed stuff. I'm a big fan of doing that. I was very reluctant when I hired my first one. Actually, ironically enough, I was not doing outreach to find one. He reached out to me. Okay. He used a software called Loom. Are you familiar with that? Yeah, Loom. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So he actually, he did a video recording where I could see his face as well. And he went through my LinkedIn profile and he was like, I see the business looks like they're doing, it's doing X. And I think I can help you with Y, Z, whatever. Wow. And I was impressed that he did that because it showed that he actually cared. He took a few minutes to just go through yeah. my profile. So I hired him. And at this point I now have three, none of them are full-time. They're all working about part-time hours, um, but they all work different tasks. I mean, he is an operations manager. So he helps making sure that whenever we bring on new mm. clients, um, the onboarding process is getting delivered properly. We have another client who's helping with a lot of our, or not a client, 
We have another assistant who's helping with our client support work. And then we have another assistant who helps with pretty much our marketing and graphic design work. And it's just nice because I'm okay doing all those tasks, but it doesn't mean that I should still be doing them. And so the best way to scale up the business is to to delegate work so that I can prioritize my time otherwise. Like now I'm taking on bigger contracts and I'm taking on bigger deals because I don't have to work on all the client support. It's fun, but it's just not the best use of my time. Great. And do you find these people on, on, on platforms like Upwork, uh, you, you'd go. Uh, sorry to cut you off. Did I? No, no, that's what you do. You go to, I, I, cause many people might not be familiar with upwork.com where they can go and find virtual assistants. I found it. I've, I have used them in the past. I found it a little bit hit and miss. Sometimes you find one that's good other times not so good. It's, I, I guess it's down to training them as well to, to, to work with you. Right, right. So um, my situation is a little bit unique. Like I said, the first one, SK, he reached out to me. Our second one was his sister because I wasn't sure where to look. And then the third one, Jella, we found on FreeUp. So have you heard of FreeUp before? I haven't actually. No, no, FreeUp. Check it out. Basically, what you do is you put in your request for what you want and they send the VAs your way and all the payment is done through FreeUp as well. It's Right. It's an awesome platform. Um, you can yeah. give them feedback on how the assistant's doing. So, so far, um, it, it's just a great way. I mean, whenever I need future assistance, I'm going to go through free up. I've never used Upwork. I've heard of Upwork before, but I had no problems with free up. So if you're looking okay. in the future, definitely check that out. That's freeup.com or freeup? Freeup.net. Freeup.net. So people can Google free up to get, to get assistance because I know mm-hmm. Upwork has millions of people doing stuff and I've used them for technical graphic stuff and editing and, uh, or even writing, you can get, get all sorts of things done, mm-hmm. but, uh, it's certainly much easier. I, what, what you're saying, developing these leads is certainly much easier than when I started cold calling and getting the, the phone slammed down on you. And actually, mm-hmm. you know, Brian Tracy, the, the speaker said a, a lot of reason why salespeople won't work is this fear of rejection. They, they, they're almost frightened to get rejected. So even during the sale, because they're, they're frightened to ask for the order because of fear of rejection. So you're taking a lot of that out of, 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 of the equation. And also the fact that there's leads coming in, there's a funnel of leads coming in. It, it means they're not so worried about one person telling you to buzz off, as you said. Exactly. And one thing I want to add to that, one thing that I've always found is really fascinating, I suppose is the term I could use is a lot of people are afraid of cold market prospecting because they're strangers. But for me, I would rather be rejected by a stranger than by somebody who actually care about. True. Well, it doesn't mean that I don't care about the strangers, but I don't care about them the way that I care about my family. I think that's pretty fair to say. And it's, it's, it's fascinating to see that more people aren't more oriented towards the cold market prospecting because you don't want to push away the families, uh, family members. You don't want to push away the friends. So I, I wanted to add that on as well. Great. Well, this is fantastic. I'm, I'm, I'm really impressed that, you know, you're a young guy, you're an entrepreneur, uh, and you, know, you, you seem to be doing really well and, and you developed, uh, it's a kind of a niche, I'd guess you'd call it niche. We call it niche here, but a niche there in that, that market. And, uh, you found a really good market for yourself. Uh, so, so where do people find you? How, how would you suggest people uh, find you? You've got the Austin McCullough advising.com. Is that the one? 
Um, McCullough advisor. No, good, very good question. McCullough advisor. Sorry. We still, no, no, you're okay. We still have our old website up just to retarget a little bit, but I eventually need to take it down. That's austinmccullough.com. Yeah, mccullaghadvising.com is the one that we use. And I keep my branding pretty consistent. So whether you're on yeah, LinkedIn, I can see it now. Instagram, Facebook, just look up Austin McCullough, M-C-C-U-L-L-O-H. And that's a good way to find me and feel free to reach out to me whenever. Yeah, it, it, you've got a good good thing here. You, you, you've got a newsletter going out. So I expect you, you, you send out regular newsletters. Yeah. Um, and it's good. You, you're straight in there to you give all the information. You, you ask them to book a call. So it's it's a very targeted kind of website. It's a good good website. So, um, but uh, yeah, so people can find you there. Do you work with people just in the states, or do you work with people anywhere? Or is it mainly targeted in America, I guess. It's funny that you say that. Um, I've been talking with a woman in South Africa. She okay. would be the first client that we get out outside of the United States. I'm talking with her again later this week. I'm not opposed to it. It's just obviously I know the landscape of the United States better than any other country. But as long as they can find their target market and it's at least a few hundred thousand people on LinkedIn, we can help them out. Yeah. And how is the industry at the moment there? Is it is is the industry doing well? Is it uh, how, how is it going after you know the lockdown? And it's good. Things are picking up. I know people, especially a lot of advisors, do want to get back to in person. But I'm, I'm I'm glad that that people. I'm not glad that COVID happened, but I'm glad that people became more receptive to the technology. In particular, a lot of people wasted time by in person meetings. They're really nice. I mean, for me, I can't even exactly. remember the last time I had a work meeting besides like high level trying to get a contract done. I can't remember meeting with a client that wasn't over a Zoom call, but at the same yeah. time, it's nice to be in person, but also not having to drive three hours to go see a client is really nice. Yeah, that leaves time for podcasts and for listening, like podcasts like yours, yeah, but yeah. I prefer not to be in the car too much. That, that's so correct. I mean, it's the amount of time I've been to meetings and it's been a waste of time or you, you get there and they're not there, you know, it's, yeah. Uh, you know, the, the notes on the door and you say, Oh my God, you know, I had to go out of town. Sorry. And you've driven an hour and it is such a waste of time, as you say, and well, this technology has, has really sped things up. Well, actually, if you don't mind, I have a question for you there. Cause I've heard situation, cause obviously um, I'm a little bit younger than you are. Did you run into that a lot in the past, especially in, in your financial business? Did you run into situations where you go drive two hours, three hours and the person wouldn't show up? Was that a regular occurrence? It wasn't regular, but it did happen sometimes. Uh, Normally, I'd confirm meetings. Um, and in fact, there's a funny story in one of the Zig Ziglar old recordings of how he gets there and there's nobody there and that sort of thing. Um, and he, you know how he tells a, a, good, a good story. He goes into a whole story about it. But yeah, generally, you, you would confirm the meeting. But I did work for one firm and the manager was a bit of a dictator. She said, never confirm meetings because they'll only cancel if you try and confirm. And I think <laughs> this is like really hard sell stuff. You just go there. So if, yeah. he saw, if he saw you trying to confirm a meeting, so in fact, he had a little trick. He'd say, um, I'll ring them for you and say, Charles is going to be five minutes late, but he'll be there soon. So it, it made it sound like I was on the way. So there are all these little tricks and, yeah. and that sort of thing. But I think that the industry has become a lot more professional now in the UK. Uh, I think you started regulating advisors long before we did and now everybody's regulated in fact there's a shortage of advisors in the uk now uh, mm -hmm. whereas there was a glut of people uh, now because of extra regulations you've got to do a lot of complicated examinations and it, it's a much harder in fact uh, finding an advisor now is quite a challenge now to find a good advisor and some of them are working most of a lot of working on fees now rather than just commission from from the company so i expect 
your guys have probably adapted to that as well. Yeah, somewhat. That's one thing I'm noticing. It kind of depends on from firm to firm. I mean, I, I probably shouldn't still keep it back up there, but as you can see that plaque back behind me for anybody who's watching, yeah, that was for my Series 65, which is for managed account business, which is fee-based. And honestly, okay. I think that's nice because in terms of the client and the advisor, that's beneficial for both because that creates, obviously for the advisor, passive income, which I know you even mentioned in the podcast that I was listening to, the productivity yeah. tips, which was a good episode. Thank you. But then Thank also you. for the clients, they're not paying all the commission up front. And so the advisor is incentivized for the client's account to grow because if they're taking a certain percentage, the fee, then they just make more as the client account, client's account grows. So yeah. the incentives are more aligned, I'd like to see. Yeah. And your podcast, can they, is that your podcast is on iTunes and, and where would they find your podcast? I actually don't have a podcast. I have shows that I've been on, but if you go to okay. the website, you can see other shows that I've been a guest on. I actually might start a I podcast. I saw that, yeah, yeah. But just, I don't know, it just hasn't been a priority for me yet. So if you suggest doing one, then that, that'll help. But it might work for you. It's a kind of a, like you do a newsletter, uh, so podcast. It depends on how you feel about it. If you're really busy now, then maybe not. If you, if you, you feel you want to put something out there, just go for it, you know, try it. Yeah, I wouldn't spend a lot of money setting it up. Just just do a podcast, get some people on. Uh, right. it, might, it might work for you. But uh, no, I'm impressed with your business. I think it's fantastic and uh, good good luck. And I hope it works out well for you. And I mean, you, you've got a great market there. I mean, funny, there's there's tens of thousands of people, and maybe hundreds of thousands of people yes, you can yeah. you can keep working with. And and then there's always new new people coming into the industry, so you've yeah. got a great market there. So so good good luck to you. Good luck to you. Thank you, Charles. I really appreciate that. Yeah, and I want to thank you for coming on the show and and telling people how they can improve their business on LinkedIn, uh, which uh, not everyone knows, but I certainly didn't know about it. So and and the software again was was connected, but you help people work with that software, and yeah. and and really work on on the four steps. To, to get in to get in business because it's not just about pinging people on on LinkedIn which I get all the time it's about how to work work through them so so great so thanks very much it's, it's been great meeting you as well I'm really interested in what you're doing of course so, Charles you're very pleasant and I, I appreciate you thank you very much so, so thanks very much everyone I hope you found that really useful uh, this is Charles Kelly bringing you money tips to help you save earn invest accumulate more money and in this case you've got some really great tips from Austin McCullough, and you can find him at McCulloughAdvising.com. Thanks very much. Thank you for listening to Money Tips. For more tips and information, visit MoneyTipsDaily.com. The information given in this podcast is for your entertainment and should not be construed as financial advice. As always, take independent financial advice before making any investment decisions. 